Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Pastor Randy here with uh, Made for Church. Let me uh, turn this down a little bit. There we go. Put this over here. There we go. Awesome. Hope everybody's having a great morning. I know I am. This is uh, our church service online. Uh, Hope you guys are having a great day. Um, Guys, just so you know um, that uh, we do have... uh, you know, podcasts out there and stuff. Me, Reformed Pastor, and then Made Free Church has its own as well. We also have a new uh, 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 YouTube site, and it's uh, madefreechurch.com. So guys, if you guys haven't gone to that, um, all of our videos are featured on there and stuff like that. So go check it out. And I think uh, Pastor Chad is going to be preaching tonight. So if you guys can get on and with him, he won't be doing it on the podcasting because he doesn't have the setup and stuff for it. Um, but uh, he will be on tonight. Um, so guys, we're going to continue our study here in the book of Romans. And we're going to be in chapter four uh, still, but we're going to be at verse 18 through 25. Okay. Um, so guys, you know, open up your word. Uh, and uh, let's get to it, right? But uh, just an announcement. If you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. And um, madefreechurch.org, we have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up f- to pray over your prayer request every day for a week. Um, or, you know, with me, it's just every day until I hear something different. Uh, but guys, please, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, so if you guys can... Uh, you know, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. There's a little pr- uh, prayer request tab there. And then I get it, and then I send it out to my team, and then I put it in my uh, prayer app, and I pray over it daily. So uh, that's madefreechurch.org and uh, stuff like that. Let's get into this. So the characteristics of faith, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so we're going to be in Romans 4, uh, verses 18 through 25. So let's get into this. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We ask that you illuminate your word and um, that you speak to us today, Lord, in your word. Um, That you show us the things that we need to change and the things that we need to do better at, Lord. But our faith, show us how to increase our faith in you, God. And we love you. And we just want to be more like you, Lord. Get me out of the way and let your word go forth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so um, the Apostle Paul has been using the patriarch Abraham as an example of faith in Romans 4, uh, verses 1 through 25. So I want, to exa- I want to examine, I want us to examine the final section of this chapter. And, and, and what we will observe are, is the characteristics of true saving faith, right? So let us read uh, verses 18 through 25, and it says this. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations, according to which had been spoken, you shall, your, your seed shall be, or so shall your seed be, excuse me. And without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, 
He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to do. Therefore, it is was also counted him to him as righteousness. For we now, not for his sake only, was it written that it was counted to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be counted, and those who believe upon him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over on account of our transgression and was raised on account of our justification. You know, it's, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You know, it's a few years ago. You know, the New York Giants take on the New England Patriots, right? Tom Brady is the quarterback of the New England uh, Patriots. And he's already run like, you know, three Super Bowl rings and, you know, was twice named most valuable player in previous Super Bowls. And he was arguably one of the best quarterbacks who ever played the position of quarterback, right? He was often in the news for his superior ability as an athlete, right? But unfortunately, Tom Brady has also made the news for his disappointing personal life as well. In the past, he had fathered a child out of wedlock in a messy love triangle. Prior to this tragic set of events, Brady shared some telling words on 60 Minutes interviews. And he, he said this, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and think that there is still something greater out there for me? I think God, it is, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be all that it's cracked up to be. And Steve Kraut, the interviewer, asked, well, what is the answer? And Tom Brady replied, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Guys, until we find our purpose in God, life will remain very meaningless. And I think a lot of people are seeing that in today's world. The first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is, what's the chief end of man? And the answer to that is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So I'd like to say to Tom Brady and you who wonder what life is all about, that you will never find meaning and purpose until you glorify God. And you will never glorify God until you first come into right relationship with Him. But how do you come into right relationship with God? You enter into right relationship with God through faith. Right? But what is faith? What, is, what does faith look like? What are the characteristics of faith? Abraham's faith is our case study today. Right? So I want us to observe seven key characteristics of faith that are true in every life of, of, of every believer out there. The first uh, key is char uh, key characteristic of, of faith is its object, right? The Apostle Paul said that Abraham, that in hope that he believed against hope in, in, in verse 18a, uh, that's the beginning, the term hope is not the same as faith. Although they are closely related, 
For instance, hope is 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 the desire for something to be true or to happen, whereas faith is a firm confidence that something is true and will happen. See, Abraham believed when, from a human point of view, there was no basis for hope at all. Right. The object of Abraham's faith was God and the particular promise that he, that is Abraham, should become the father of many nations. And, 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 and has he been told, so shall your offspring be in the middle of the verse of verse 18, which is 18b. God called Abraham in Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3. After many years when Abraham was still did not have any descendants, right? He still didn't have any kids. God took him outside and said, look toward the heaven. Number and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord and count, and, and that was counted to him as righteousness. The object of true saving faith is God. Right? True saving faith saves because of its object. It's not the amount of sincerity of faith that saves. A person can have a great deal of faith and be ex- extremely sincere about his or her faith, but that is not what saves a person. It just doesn't. You may have a great deal of faith and extremely sincere about that faith if you you know, step off a 10 story, a 10 story building. And when you reach the ground unharmed, the problem is not the amount of sense, uh, not the amount or sincerity of your faith, but rather the object of your faith, right? You believe that the laws of gravity will change in order uh, to allow you to float to the ground unharmed. And of course that won't happen. It's easy important thing is the object of your faith must be placed in the right person and that is God Abraham was saved because of his faith was in God you are saved only if your faith is in God so is your faith in God the second key characteristics of faith is 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 its obstacle Right? There are many obstacles to faith. There's doubt, ignorance, misunderstanding, temptation, weakness, persecution, and so on. These are all obstacles to faith. True, saving faith, however, does not focus on the obstacles, but focuses instead on God and His Word. See, the Apostle Paul said that Abraham did not weaken in his faith when he considered his own body, which was good as dead since he was 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of his wife Sarah's womb. Abraham's original name was Abram. As you can see that in Genesis eleven twenty six, which means father of many. Yet God called him while he was living in Ur of the Chaldeans. You can find that in uh, Genesis eleven eight and uh, thirty one, and Acts seven verses two through four. The patriarch was childless, even though that God had promised that he would make Abram a great nation in Genesis 12, 1-3. But the time that he left Haran 
after the death of his father, Terra, or Tierra. Abraham was 75 years old, Genesis 12, 4, and without children. Yet by faith, he began the last part of his journey to the land of God had promised him. See, Abram's faith was truly astounding. In spite of the obvious obstacles of the barrenness of his wife Sarah's womb. For at least 25 more years before it was fulfilled, Abram believed God's promise to give him an heir. Abram trusted God to make him the father of a great nation and a multitude of people, although there would be not there would not be a nation in the usual sense that of that term until nearly 600 years later when Joshua would lead the Israelites back into Canaan. You know, in his commentary uh, uh, of Romans, uh, Donald Barnhouse writes insightfully of, uh, of, of Abram, and this is what he says. Now, Abram was an Oriental, and he was used to the the palavar of orientals furthermore he was strategically located athwart on the roads of camel caverns that carried the commerce to the ancient world between egypt and the north and the east he owned the wells and his flock and herds were great the scripture says abram was very rich in cattle in silver and in gold in genesis 13 2. and when the caverns when the caravans of the rich merchants came into the land, either from the north or from the south, they stopped at Abram's wells. The servants of Abram's took care of the needs of the camels and the servants of the traders, right? But the servants of Abram took, uh, uh, but food was sold there, right? Uh, to the travelers. And in evening time, the merchants would come to Abram's tent and pay their respects. Questions would follow at followed a set pattern. How old are you? Who are you? How long have you been here? And when the trader introduced himself, Abram would, would be forced to name himself Abram, the father of many. You know, it must have happened, you know, maybe a hundred or a thousand times, and each time more galing than the time before. Oh, father of many, congratulations. So how many sons do you have? And the answer was so humiliating to you, Abram none and many a time there must have been a half concealed snort of humor that the incongruity of the name and the fact that there were no children to back up such a name abram must have steeled himself for the question and then and the reply and hated the situation with great bitterness father of many father of none the possibilities were varied. And I believe that it is possible to detect in the psychology of the narrative the fact that there was so much gossip about it. The servants who heard the jokes or, and who saw Abram's embarrassment repeat the details with the broiled variations. It was a world of cloth and ghost skins. They all were all lived in tents and were all there was little privacy from the eyes and none in the realm of the ears there must have been many conversations on the subject who was sterile abram 
or Sarah? Was he really a full man? Oh, he was the patriarch. His word was law. And he was, and he had a multitude of cattle and servants, but he had no children. And his name was the father of many. It's crazy, right? And yet, in spite of the obstacle, Abraham believed God. Like, you have to be facing an obstacle to your faith. You, you might be facing doubt or, or temptation or uncertainty or weakness or whatever, right? But let me encourage you to look past the obstacle and believe God in his word. True saving faith, as someone once said, is dead to doubt, dumb to discouragement, and blind to impossibilities, but is alive in the word of in, in the in, in life to God in his word. Now the third care the third key characteristic of faith is growth. True saving faith always grows. It does not always grow in a straight linear line. There is progress and there is regress. Uh, there's the ups and downs. Nevertheless, the, tra- the trajectory of faith is growth, upward and forward, right? The Apostle Paul said uh, of, Abra- of Abraham that no distress made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in faith in verse 20, uh, chapter 4, verse 28. See, Abraham's faith didn't waver. He trusted in the promise of God. He believed that God would do what he said he'd do. His attitude was, God said, God said it, therefore I believe it, even though I don't understand it. But exactly how did Abraham's faith grow? Right? We see that. The Apostle Paul said that Abraham grew strong in faith in his glory and he did his faith as he gave glory to God in verse 20b. That is significant. Christians want to know how to grow in faith. Well, here's the key. To growth in faith, namely to give glory to God. But how does one give glory to God? Well, I love the five questions of the children's catechism. And here they are. One, who made you? Answer, God. Two, what else did God make? Answer, God made everything. Three, why did God make you and everything else? Answer, for his glory. Four, how can you glorify God? Answer, by loving him and doing what he commands. Five, why should you glorify God? Answer, because he made me and takes care of me. The answer to the fourth question tells us how to glorify God by loving him and doing what he commands. Basically, that means that you must apply the Bible in your life, whether in personal devotions, group Bible studies, or worship service, apply the teaching of the Bible to yourself. The brother of Jesus, James wrote this in James 1, 22 through 25, but become doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at the natural face and uh, his natural face in the mirror. For once he looked at himself and has gone away, he immediately forgot what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law 
the law of freedom and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in what he does. Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to grow in your faith? Then glorify God by loving him and doing what he commands in his word. And let me encourage you that every time you open or hear the word of God, that you are constantly seek to apply one truth in your life based on the portion of God's word. <clears throat> the fourth key characteristic of faith is conviction. You know, uh, a conviction is different from, you know, condemnation or not condemnation or, or uh, just forget it. I never said that. Scratch that. <laughs> uh, Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what he would, that he had promised in verse 21. Leighton Ford said that faith is not belief without evidence, but commitment without reservation. Or James Cox, uh, Cook said, faith is the capacity to trust God while not being able to make sense out of everything. See, Abraham certainly did not understand God in his ways. He could not sense how a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man can give birth to a child. But he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And Jerry Bridges, Jerry Bridges reminds us that the promise of God are nothing more than God's covenant to be faithful to his people. It is the character that makes these promises valid. Faith's conviction is God's promise promises are utterly trustworthy. The fifth key characteristic of faith is its result, right? The apostle Paul spent in the entire fourth chapter showing that Abraham believed he trusted God in his promises. That's why his faith was counted to him as righteousness in verse 22. Abraham was justified by faith. Abraham believed God's truth. God's promise and declared him not guilty by God. Right? So the sixth characteristic of faith is its example. Right? The Apostle Paul wants us to understand that Abraham's faith is an example to us. Therefore, he said that uh, that the words it was counted, it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours. Right? We are saved on exactly the same basis of Abraham. Abraham was saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And we are saved, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That should give us so much comfort, guys. I will definitely pray for your family, brother. God bless you. Um, the seventh characteristic of faith is its essence, right? The essence of true saving faith is Jesus who died and rose for our salvation, right? The Apostle Paul said that faith will be counted to us who believe in him. That is God who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, and who was delivered up for our trespasses, raised for our justification. 
Now, I want you to notice two aspects of, of, of the essence of faith. First, Jesus died for our salvation. Jesus had no sin, but we are sinful from the moment of our conception in Psalms 51, 5. We sin because we are sinners and we have mountains of violations against God and his law. We cannot pay off the penalty of these violations by ourselves if we want to get into heaven. So God sent Jesus to earth who was delivered up for our trespasses and paid the penalty for all of our sin, past, present, and future. And the first aspect of the essence of saving faith is believing that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses. And second, Jesus was raised for our justification. Jesus did not die and rise again for himself, right? He died and rose again from the dead to ensure that we could be justified by God. See, his resurrection was proof that the Father accepted his sacrifice as a as sufficient payment to settle the penalty for our sin. God declares us not guilty on the basis of the finished work of Jesus Christ, which is credited to our account and received by faith. So it's important that we understand that, right? Even though he had, and we're talking about Charles Wesley, right? Even though that he had, you know, strict religious training in his youth, education at Oxford University and a missionary service in the new colony, Georgia, Charles Wesley had no peace or joy in his heart and life. Returning from London after discouraging time in America, he met a group of uh, Moravians in the, you know, Astrogate Hall, and he came to realize that salvation is by faith alone. In his journal of May 21st, he wrote, at midnight, I gave myself to Christ. Two days later, Charles Wesley began to, uh, writing two hymns. Both of them told of his conversion. At first, he wasn't sure if you should finish him, right? What was it, pride, he wondered? Uh, uh, you know, it, it, to talk about his experience, but then he said, I prayed to Christ to stand behind, stand by, uh, by me to finish the hymns. And yes, it, it may have described his own experience, but it also described the experience of all those who have been saved by grace alone through faith alone, in Christ alone. Charles Wesley wrote 6,000 hymns during his life, but this hymn stands out as his most powerful, profound hymn. And the title of this hymn is, And Can It Be? It says this, And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me, who cost his pain for me, who him to death pursued, amazing love, that it can be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptying himself all, emptying himself all of but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Amazing love, how can it be? 
that thou, my God, shouldest die for me. No condemnation now I dread. I am my Lord's and he is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Amazing love, how can it be? And that thou, my God, should die for me. Okay, guys, it's a powerful hymn. And it's so powerful that we have to understand that in the midst of everything that we do in this life, if we are chasing after God in faith, we, we shouldn't be going through a lot. I mean, we, should, we need to be going through a lot of stuff, but our faith needs to be in Christ alone. Our confidence needs to be in Christ alone. We should have our faith in Christ alone. And it, nothing else compares to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing in this world can, can do that, guys. Nothing. So I stand firm on the promises of God and His Word. Amen? Ah. <laughs> ah. So guys, uh, Made Free Church yeah, will be open in about a month or so, hopefully. Uh, we need to go down to California and get some stuff, but um, guys, we need your help with this guys and your support, whether it's financial, whether it's prayer, whatever it is. Guys, if you guys like would like to support Made Free Church Idaho financially, please go to madefreechurch.org, hit on the Made Free Church Idaho tab, and uh, there's, you know, you can give through our PayPal. And, uh, you know, if you would guys like to, you know, support Made Free Church as a whole, we have three churches now. We have Made Free Church California, Made Free Church Idaho, and Made Free Church of Uganda. You know, we are a 501c3. Um, so, um, you know, if you guys do want to give, please leave your email addresses so we can give you a tax-deductible receipt. Okay? And also, guys, we are on, you know, all the, 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 the podcasting platforms and stuff like that. So go check us out there. Okay? And guys, I want to thank you for being here. You know, um, it's so amazing that you guys listen. It's so amazing that you guys come to watch, you know, us preach and give you the word of God. And, and uh, we just want to say thank you for being here. And God bless you and God bless your day. Right. So with that, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. God, And we just say we just want to be more like you, Lord. And, and we just ask sincerely, Lord, that our faith is in you. And we're justified by that faith, God. And uh, it is counted to its righteousness. And because of your son, Jesus, who died and rose again, Lord, that you counted us righteous because we believe in you, God. We love you and we worship you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great, great, great Sunday. God bless you guys.